Hi, welcome to Scattered. We're a group of friends from the same church who are serving God in different countries and we're meeting online to chat through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter. We'd love you to join us. Hi everybody, welcome to Scattered. Um, We're in Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 to 17 this week. So Paul's writing to the Colossian church to encourage them in a time when some false teaching is making its way into their midst. Um, In chapter two, we've just looked more closely at what the teaching is and Paul's like rebuttal of it. Um, And in this chapter, chapter three, last week, we looked at what Paul says about what the Christian life should look like in the light of the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done. Verses one to 11, especially was majoring on what things we need to put to death or throw off when we've died and been risen again in Christ. Uh, And this week, it's more of a putting on of things. So before we look at that, like I know I didn't warn you about this, guys, but did did you find any kind of structure for this passage? Would you have split it up or just done it as a whole? I mean, it's only six verses. Yeah, I didn't actually. I just thought, I guess the structure in my head was the end of last week's chapter was putting off and then this is the putting on section. So I guess yeah. that's the way I'd structure it in my mind. I, f- I found that um, actually in the commentary I was reading, they broke the passage down starting from verse 11, which is showing the unity there is in the body and how that this week is mainly focusing on how the characteristics that we have that we put on bless the community that we're in and make us more united and that we can bless each other better. Yeah, that's really helpful, actually, because at the beginning of verse 12, there is a therefore, isn't there? Or I think maybe in some version it's, it's a for. I seem to remember someone at some point in my discipleship said to me, if there's a therefore, you need to see what is the therefore therefore so why is there a therefore that's such like a bad dad joke mary <laughs> helen's not here so i feel like i need to have a pithy phrase for it <laughs> um so yeah what what is this therefore how does this kind of putting on of things link back into what we've already seen in chapter three well i guess the beginning we looked at last week the first few verses in chapter three like Paul so often does, is sort of um, the reason for then the response. And so the reason at the beginning of the chapter is where um, our identities changed and we're united to Christ and that changes everything about the way we live. And so last week that changed the things that we want to be killing and this week it's the things that we put on. So I guess mm. when our identity changes, we live differently. And I think like Juliet said, the it, he's especially just talked about how different people are within the body, right? There's Gentile and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free. Like I think there's an emphasis, isn't there, on you guys are going to have difficulties sometimes in communicating and background and culture. But this is how in Christ you should act towards each other. Do you think that's fair? Because what are these things like from verses 12 to 14? What does it look like to live as God's chosen people? These these characteristics are very much the characteristics that Christ had um, or Christ has. And I guess when we have died with him and we have risen with him, 
we're more one with him. And I think last week we looked at that verse that said, you know, that we're being um, made more and more into his likeness. And so um, it's a reminder of what his likeness is like, I guess. And I guess as well, the, the whole theme of them, isn't it, is like Juliet said earlier, when you're thinking about the unity of the body, you die to your own preferences. And so lots of these positive attributes are bearing with each other, being humble and kind. Those are things that really grow unity in the body of Christ, don't they? And the, almost the opposite is a selfish, these are my rights and so I'm having it my way. And Paul's sort of saying, isn't he, that is so destructive to unity. But these are the things that, yeah, Jesus was like, is like, and we need to um, cultivate if we actually treasure unity rather than our own agendas. Mm. Yeah, they're all relational things, aren't they? So thinking about how he, he, he says, doesn't he, his language is interesting. It talks about clothing yourselves in these things I mean that's not something that we say in everyday use of English is it what does he actually mean to clothe yourself in these things compassion kindness humility gentleness patience I guess it's a helpful um we put we choose don't we each morning to put our clothes on and so actually we can choose can't we day by day or circumstance by circumstance or moment by moment whether we put on kindness and gentleness and humility or whether we put on a selfish um ag personal agenda and so I, I find that really helpful the sense of you do have a choice that you can make about the clothes that you wear um and we have a choice can't we about the heart attitudes that we cultivate and that we choose to develop in ourselves mm. and I think along those lines like we wouldn't choose to put on dirty clothes again would we or you know the reason we take off our clothes is to wash them and um we want to be putting on clean clothes and those characteristics of christ rather than putting on our sinful characteristics i guess mm. and like and like jill said it's like a, a very much an ongoing thing that we need to do like every day we need to take off clothes and put on clothes and that's very much our experience in the in the Christian walk, isn't it? To put off things and put on things. Mm. I, but I found it really helpful as well in verse 12 when um, Paul reminds us that our identity is now God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. And it really reminded me when I was prepping about when we adopted our little girl and she was with foster parents before she came here and they supported Bolton Wanderers. And so she had a Bolton Wanderers trip. And that, when that was her identity, when she was part of that family, that those were the clothes she wore. But there was a really lovely sense as the foster carers brought her to us and introduced us to her to us and she became part of our family that they really happily said, well, we know she's going to end up with a Blackman Rover shirt. But, um, that, because her identity had changed, therefore the clothes she wore changed. And, you know, that is such a helpful part in verse 12, isn't it? That we are now part of God's family, chosen, holy and beloved by him. And so as so we want to wear the clothes that um, are appropriate in that family, don't we? Mm. 
Sorry yeah, for the very low-grade Blackman Rovers illustration. <laughs> <laughs> it's helpful, actually, because we are often known by the clothes that we wear, right? Like, I've been doing history in homeschool with the kids um and we've in the past studied clothing and how your clothing often you can look at someone and straight away you know who they are right you know kind of what period of history they're from you know what country they're from like it's very much an identifying thing isn't it so these things being compassionate and being kind and humble and gentle and patient these things tell the people around us that we are God's chosen people. These are the things that set us apart. Just like God, right in the beginning, he wanted his people to be a set apart nation, to be a light to the rest of the world, to draw the rest of the world to him. So when we wear these clothes, it's kind of part of that big calling, isn't it? To be um, God's chosen people and to show everybody else how wonderful he is and how he is. Because like you said, like that's how... Jesus is so we want to show other people this is the way this is these are the clothes of true humanity and it's sin that came in and destroyed that and so actually Mm. this isn't a really hard thing it does it is hard in some ways but this is what it means to be truly human the way that God created us to be and so actually there's something really right and good about this clothing like it fits really well and it feels um right because that's how God created us to be in the beginning and yeah, I yeah. found that really helpful as well. Yeah, that's so helpful. Um, yeah. Do you, what do you make, sorry, Juliet, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, like, um, on on the same lines, I found this verse really helpful that um, in John chapter 13, verse 35, that um, he says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so it's very much, you know, we're showing that we're followers of Christ by um, having love for one another and, you know, all these other characteristics. Yeah, because it's mentioned, isn't it? Like, it's almost like the the bearing within one another, forgiving each other, kindness, humility, all of that is like the clothes that we put on first. And then he says, doesn't he, and over all these vir- virtues, so this is verse 14, Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What does that mean? Like, how does love bind all of these virtues together? One illustration or picture I read was it almost loves like the belt that holds everything, either holds the dress together, holds the trousers up. It's the thing that helps you um, move towards people with these attitudes I guess if you don't love people, then you don't do these things, do you? You, yeah, you love. If you love yourself most, then you're motivated by your own agenda. But actually, to love others is to move towards them in all these different ways. So, moving on to kind of the next bit of the passage, fifteen to seventeen. What else are marks of God's chosen people? Um, so, fifteen talks quite a bit, doesn't it, about God's peace? And how, yeah, that should rule and reign in our hearts. Something that struck me was if our individual hearts are submitted to Jesus' rule and reign and his peace, then it's so much easier for us, isn't it, to relate within the the body and within the church. Because, yeah, if we've we've allowed Jesus' peace to submit our 
if we've submitted our wills to Jesus's um, reign and we've allowed his peace to rule personally, then it's easier for that to roll out, isn't it, in a corporate setting with others? Yeah, I think that's true because it's like being reinforced that we are one body and with Christ as our head, but as one body, we want to be um, seeking uh, unity and that shared purpose um, and um, working together um, for, yeah, for his kingdom, I guess. Yeah, because this this peace, I was challenged by this peace of Christ ruling in our hearts. Um, it kind of challenged me to think, what does rule my heart instead of peace sometimes? Like, when am I ruled by my emotions or ruled by other people's opinions or ruled by my tiredness that day? Um, how, what does it look like to be ruled by the peace of Christ in my heart? Yeah, I was just challenged to think, um, am I a peace dweller? Do I come back to that peace when I'm in a difficult situation or when I feel like shouting at my kids or getting angry at the lack of electricity or something? What else, what else are marks of God's chosen people from this bit? Thankfulness. Yeah, three times, right? Yeah. Tell us more about that. I think it's so easy in community to find all the weaknesses, isn't it? And um, it's quite a different thing to be uh, finding all the areas that we can be thankful for. Paul is helping us use this as a way to build each other up um, and um, yeah, give thanks for each other, give thanks um, to God for yeah, all that he's done and all that we can do as one body. And as well, it's a tool, isn't it? Thankfulness is a tool towards that peace that we were talking about as well, because I think the more we mm. cultivate that attitude of thankfulness to God for, you know, for the big things that he's done in our salvation, but for the daily things as well that we can see and be grateful for, that enables us to, that enables his peace to rule and reign in our hearts more, doesn't it? than when we're focused on the negatives. It's really easy to grumble and complain. And I think it's easy to see um, how we fall short. And I think, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but I feel like um, with other brothers and sisters, I have higher standards than when I look at or treat other people. I expect um, my brothers and sisters to have all these qualities. So when I'm not, seeing that clearly I am prone to grumble and complain rather than actually seeing the different gifts that um or the different uh, good clothes that people are wearing and compliment that Mm. yeah do you know I hadn't really thought about this thankfulness in terms of within the community I'd kind of thought of it as just you know praising God for what he's done and thanking God for what he's done but actually yeah there is this horizontal aspect of it too isn't there where thanking each other like noticing things that other people are doing noticing when someone's done something well or um noticing when someone in your family has done something and actually thanking them is a way of growing peace isn't it and it's a way of um, spreading peace um in the sense of 
yeah, it's the opposite to kind of criticizing them and bringing them down. Um, yeah, that's really helpful. There's definitely a horizontal and vertical sense to this thankfulness. I hadn't seen that before. Thanks, Julia. And then what else? I feel like 16, 17, anything else that are kind of marks of the Christian people? The word of Christ dwelling richly in them, mm. which then leads to singing. So, yeah, I was really struck by that, the whole, I think we talk a lot, wouldn't we, about the, like, dwelling in the word, and I, I talk about that a lot because I've really experienced the transforming power of God's word doing that in my heart. But, I, 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 yeah, I was really struck by, and then we should sing a lot, um, and how helpful that is for cultivating unity. Yeah, I really feel blessed when I'm singing with brothers and sisters. I. Like, I, I feel like we've not really experienced a huge gathering here, like living here. And I feel like, oh, when we do again, that's going to be such an emotional time. Isn't it? Like just having that, all those voices praising God, how, and how much of an encouragement that is. Yeah. I was, I was kind of struck by this bit where it talks about how when... Yeah, the message of Christ dwells in you richly, which as you teach and admonish one another. I mean, this word admonish, I kind of struggled with a bit because it's something I'm not very good at. Would you say that admonishing, what would you say that means? Telling off. Telling off. (laughs) Um, But isn't that interesting that dwelling in God's word richly leads us to uh, well, I looked it up and it kind of Sorry, that was a flippant answer. What's the real answer, (laughs) man? Well, I don't know. I, I got kind of worn, which is similar, warning, counselling, advising each other. Um, it's definitely a, something I'm less comfortable with. <laughs> it's like trying to help people run the race, right? And throw off stuff that's holding them back or, yeah, it's challenging, isn't it? One of the commentaries I read, though, said he's he implied that the singing is a way that we do that. And so actually singing together as God's people and actually, you know, letting our hearts dwell on the words of either scripture in song or really good hymns and songs is a a way that God uses to do that. And I guess I've experienced that, that when you're in church sometimes singing, the Lord does bring conviction, doesn't he, to your heart um, about something that you just hadn't seen before or you just weren't aware of. And there's something about our emotions when we're singing are engaged in a different way, aren't they? And I think God really does use that. I'm not trying to duck out of the hard thing of let's be open to being admonished and admonishing each other. But I think there is really precious ways that the spirit does that, doesn't he, when we're gathered together Mm. as a body. Next time I'm struggling yeah, and in a sin, are you going to come and sin, sing at me, Jill? <laughs> Is that what it means? <laughs> well, maybe, I'll send I, you a, maybe I'll send you a YouTube clip of a song rather than no. <laughs> just I think, one line. I think the RM, yeah, you'd struggle to receive it if it was me singing. <laughs> I'll let the Gettys do that work for me. <laughs> when you meet someone who has been spending a lot of time in the word they just 
the way that they live and, you know, the way that they have their hope, their faith and their love. I think that sometimes just being with someone like that admonishes you as well. And Mm. you think, oh, actually, like, what have I been putting my trust in? What have I been putting my hope in? Like, I want to have what they have. (laughs) And I think that's a really, real encouragement. Yeah. Yeah, for sure kind of oozes out of them doesn't it <laughs> yeah I was I thought yeah. it kind of linked back a bit to Ephesians you know when it talks about do not get Ephesians 5 verse 18 do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms hymns and songs of the spirit and I was struck by you know what we seek in wine for example so kind of the escape and the um the kind of fluffy warm feeling uh, what we seek in that can be found in the spirit which you know and when we sing together, it just draws us away from sin. It draws us away from those things that we feel like are attractive. So like in when we sin, often it, often it isn't in community, is it? It's often something we do privately or secretly. Whereas when we sing together as a community, we're kind of drawn away from those things and we see the preciousness and holiness and goodness of God. And that, yeah, that kind of admonishes us, doesn't it? What guy, just on that, I'm just going to throw this question in there. What music are you guys enjoying these days that really does warm your heart to Jesus and the gospel? Jill's like Keith and Kristen Getty. <laughs> <laughs> They're not current, are they? Um, well, they are. What is that Australian group called that did that thing with um, Colin Buchanan? City of Light, is it? Yeah. They, <gasps> oh, they're good. So, yeah, I would say City of Light are on my list of mm. really helpful modern hymns that are on my playlist mm. um and I'm a big Andrew Peterson fan as well yeah 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 Juliet <laughs> um I think we we've been listening to City Lights a lot and I, I I think we've been playing a song um most weeks um called yet not I but through Christ in me yeah that's City and Light is that it, is that City Light? Yeah, yeah. And it really, it's been a real encouragement that all that we do is, can be through Christ. Yeah. I've been really enjoying, um, have you heard of, I think it's called Maverick City Music. And like, my brother's really into them. He con- he's all, he keeps sending me little um, clips for the boys <laughs> to listen to. Yeah. They're good. Okay. Like they do, their songs are quite long because they're, they're worship sessions. Uh, but there's this one song called Gyra go away and listen to it with the lyrics and I cannot get through that song without crying it's so beautiful Um, and there's another one called the story I'll tell and honestly again Juliet especially there's this line in it about the seas that I've crossed and yeah it's it's beautiful I um, am I listened to a really helpful podcast last week where Sandra McCracken was interviewed and she's written a lovely album about the psalms and so it's just putting the psalms to her music and that's been I was listening to that a lot last week and it's just it's really refreshing isn't it to hear the psalms in a different way and it just yeah like goes into your subconscious so that's another one I'd shout out about I actually am now wondering if Gyra is actually Elevation Worship and Maverick City Music yeah it is really beautiful song yeah I do um Gyra means provider I think provider God Jehovah Gyra Jehovah Jireh it's not that one um (laughs) anyway okay let's just let's 
bring this to an end anything else that kind of challenged you guys this week or encouraged you from this text like what particular if you want to share which particular ones of these are a struggle for you these things that we're meant to put on daily I thought that was helpful Jill or Julia I don't know who said it when you said like it's it's an ongoing thing isn't it it's not like we can just put on compassion and be like right I'm compassionate now it's like oh I have to be compassionate in this situation and this situation anyway what's what's the struggle for you what's an encouragement for you from this passage I think the one that I had to think about the most this week was meekness because it it (laughs) wouldn't be my natural um tendency but it's um really held up as a good thing isn't it and so I had to work hard at like thinking about defining that and what that was and the definition that I found so helpful and so challenging was just being under control and meekness is being under under the control of something mm. bigger or better than yourself and I and that was really helpful because I was like I really want that like I see so much of the problems with myself and actually to be meek is to be ultimately under God's control isn't it and that is you know that was something I could really get on board with in a a way that my initial reflection or my flesh rose up against meekness a little bit yeah because meekness like we might think of meekness as some kind of weakness right if Jesus was meek then he he wasn't weak was he so it is yeah yeah he was totally submitted to the will of his father wasn't he and that's yeah. a beautiful thing, isn't it? And so it was, yeah, and it was strength to, to do that. It's actually strength to be meek, if you get what I mean. Yeah, because um, you're choosing to put yourself under the control of something um, or somewhat one that's um, mm. better. So that was the one that I mm. had to, I've wrestled with that this week. What challenged me was this bit in verse 17 where it, it talks about doing it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through him. And I was thinking, I think when I am these things, okay, so when I'm, you know, when I feel like I've managed to be compassionate in some situation or I've managed to forgive someone, I think often I do it in my name and I feel kind of happy about it because I've done it, you know, or I've done really well to act like that in this situation. And I was challenged that this isn't about me. This is about the name of Jesus. This is about doing these things in his name and for his name this isn't about making me look like a good and amazing person isn't she wonderful to have been so kind to that person or isn't she great to have forgiven that person I think we want people to look at us and think wow isn't Jesus great isn't his name great I was thinking about that when you were talking about thankfulness Mary within the body because the thankfulness we really want isn't it is I'm really grateful for the the grace of the Lord that I see at work in your life rather than well done you've done that really well but actually being grateful for God's grace at work in each other and actually Mm -hmm. trying to cultivate a thankfulness that is yet ultimately to God for the for his work in each other's lives it really helps with that doesn't it that it's all for his praise and glory rather than just to make each other feel good. So I think I I mentioned it earlier um sort of uh, I feel like my expectations towards brothers and sisters are higher and I I guess I'm less patient and less forbearing with brothers and sisters and um, it makes me sad um, when I see 
the old attributes. Um, and, and so I was, yeah, really challenged to try and think of um, ways I can be more thankful for um, like ways in which I can see the spirit of God working in brothers and sisters when I sometimes focus on the other side. Um, because we're all a work in process, in progress. No, we're all a work in progress. And <laughs> we're, all, we're all being redeemed to more and more look like Christ. But I think it's helpful to be reminded of that and reminded that um, we each have grace as well um, for moments where um we put on old garments, old filthy garments, and and need to be reminded to uh, take them off and put on the garments that are ours as chosen ones, holy mm. and beloved, God's children. Yeah, because that word forbear, um, like it means to restrain an impulse to do something. And that is something that I am terrible at. I'm a very impulsively... I impulsively like correct people or impulsively tell someone when they've done something wrong. And, but it's all in the light, isn't it? I found it just to wrap up. I found it so encouraging that he talks about forgive when he talks about forgiveness in verse 13, he says, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I think all of this, really all of these things that we put on, should be done in the context of how much God is these things and has shown these things to us. Our puny attempts at compassion and kindness and humility, like we kind of sometimes, it's such an effort for us, isn't it? Like I'm speaking for myself here, but I'm sure for all of us, it's so hard, isn't it? But then when we look at, when we kind of lift our eyes from the situation we're in, we lift our eyes to God who has been all of these things to us faithfully day after day after day after day, forgiving us, forbearing us, um, being kind to us, compassionate to us. And Jesus like embodied those things in his life. And when we look like when we lift our eyes and dwell, I guess the scriptures or, you know, the scriptures point us to these things. That's why we need to dwell in the scriptures because it just does lift our eyes, doesn't it? And give us strength, gives us strength to do all these things and to be all these, all these things. Um, I was, in, I was just that little bit, forgive as the Lord forgave you just reminded me, like, yeah, this is something that he is and we can be more and more of as we look to him um, and put these things on daily. Cool. So let, let's finish there. Thanks, guys. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and we'll see you next week for Wives Submit to Your Husbands. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.